0: Hi, everyone, and welcome into Elevate Her's Empower Space, What I Wish I Knew series. This limited series that helps you and other young professionals learn from seasoned professionals all the things they wish they knew when entering the workplace. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Empower Space podcast by Elevate Her. Today's guest, we have Colleen Martindale of McCarthy. Welcome, Colleen. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. We're so excited to uh, get to know you today and ask you some questions about kind of finding your way in the workplace. So let's get started with maybe a brief intro of how you got into the AEC industry, what you do and what you've been up to. Sure. So
1: Colleen Martindale, um, I've been in the construction industry for about 15 years. I actually studied music in college. I was a jazz guitar performance major. Before I became a civil engineering student, I did my first internship here with McCarthy while I was in engineering school. And while I was kind of pursuing a career in civil design, I decided I liked the construction side and wanted to pursue that. So I got, got started, came to work for McCarthy um, straight out of school. I did work for another company for a little bit in the middle and then came back. Currently, I am working in our civil pre construction department. I lead a group of estimators um, focused on heavy civil construction. So, roads, bridges, water, wastewater, solar, kind of the civil site support for any of um, our commercial projects. And so, we price and procure work in that space. Additionally, something that, that's kind of near and dear to my heart, um, I lead the McCarthy Partnership for Women here in our southern region, which is an employee resource group focused on recruiting and retaining um, and development of women in the construction industry and at McCarthy, of course.
0: That's awesome. So with McCarthy's Partnership for Women, which is remarkable and something I think a lot of firms maybe could implement themselves, it has a lot of similar values and goals to elevate her, recruiting, mentoring, support providing opportunities for women in the industry. How do you think some of our listeners could get their firms to consider implementing a program like that?
1: Yeah. So, you know, employee resource groups are, you know, a little bit of work to get going. When we kind of got this started, it really began as kind of a grassroots effort out in on the West Coast. We had groups of folks that were just interested in this. It was really focused on women in operations because it was a pretty small population. As it grew and got got a little more momentum, you know, we started to try to look for a national strategy so that we could have kind of some national direction with local customization for whatever those groups needed. I think one of the biggest things we needed in order to implement it on a larger scale was understanding the business case. Some of the opposition you might get, it makes it easier to counter that when you have good data. Recognizing that at the time that we really kind of got around to this, you know, women made up about 9% of the industry and that's including administrative professionals. You know, we also make a big case for diversity in business in general. Um, firms that have more diverse populations have better business results and you find that in many industries. So we, we kind of started there as, you know, people understood that that was important and it would help us be more profitable. The other piece is understanding what your clients and your communities want and demand in their, you know, construction firms or engineering firms that work for them. A lot of our clients care about diversity and so making sure whether that's, you know, setting project-based goals or seeing a diverse team when they show up to interview, you know, we recognize that that was a need and so even if, you know, folks don't totally believe in the the whole mission right away, that's a good way to get started for people to see the value of groups like
0: these. Yeah, absolutely. What's good for the community can be good for business too, right? For sure. Absolutely. And what do you think as leaders? Because it seems like partnership is about kind of bringing people up with you, right? How as leaders, can we help open the door for others and bring them with us?
1: I think it's important when when you have that position of leadership to recognize opportunities to bring other people along. You know, can you bring somebody into a meeting that normally isn't in there? Can you invite them to come golf with clients with you? Something kind of neat that we did with Partnership for Women where we saw precisely that need. So many of our business deals and relationships are forged on the golf course or going out and doing sporting events or this this and that. And we found that a lot of our female population was feeling a little intimidated, you know, never played golf before, didn't know what the etiquette was, you know, just felt like they really couldn't accept an invitation if they even got one. So we've hosted a series of like golf primers to teach, you know, hey, here's the rules, here's what to wear, here's what to expect. And then we encouraged our leaders who were kind of teaching people how to play, you know, hey, next time you have an invitation to a golf tournament, you know, here's a whole group of people now that you can invite and pick, you know, some different folks to go and create some new relationships. You know, other than that, you know, when you're in in meetings, Paying attention to you know who's speaking up and maybe who's being overlooked. Sometimes when I'm hosting a meeting, I, I'll have my agenda with everybody's name on it, and I'll put a little mark next to you know every time somebody speaks up. And if I see that you're missing somebody, you know maybe ask them to weigh in directly and make sure you're looking out for people who are getting talked over. Um, if you have the ability to intervene and say, "Hey, so and so is making a point. Can we let them finish?" Great opportunity to do so and make sure that everybody's voice is being heard.
0: I think those are some good examples. Definitely. I like the golf primer. And, and that's fun too. Me personally, I'm
1: I'm not much of a golfer, but I, now that I kind of know what to do, I can at least enjoy going out there and, and being terrible and having a good day out, <laughs> you know, having, having some fun. So I think it's opened some doors.
0: Yeah, absolutely. How do you find allies and support in networking groups or your community, not just at your workplace? I think as
1: you get out more, you know, it just kind of happens naturally. Networking is a skill, you know, so the more you do it, the easier it gets. I find, you know, when I go out either to a networking event or one-on-one with a client, I try not to limit myself to just talking about business or work. You don't build any relationships that way. So, you know, get to know the person or persons you're meeting with. Ask them about their family. What do they do on the weekends? You know, and don't wait until, you know, you're, you're further along in your career to start doing this. You know, when I was new to the industry, a lot of the people that I was meeting kind of at my same le- level at other firms, you know, have come up into other important roles and, you know, now they're decision makers. So if you start that relationship early when you're young, you know, you guys all grow together and then you've got some pretty strong relationships in place by the time that you're all, you know, making decisions. You know, like I said, I, I think it's just try to keep your your relationships genuine, less transactional. Absolutely.
0: So talking about networking, something some of our listeners may struggle with, even if they join certain groups or go to certain events, they feel unsure maybe about introducing themselves. You know, you made a good point connecting with others. Shouldn't just be about work. But especially if that person there maybe they want to introduce themselves to is above them in rank or salary. They may be nervous. So how would you suggest that our listeners introduce themselves?
1: I think it's, you know, two sides of this. One, it's important for, for leaders to be approachable. You know, they can help drive conversations. You know, if there's somebody I want to meet and, you know, somebody senior to me already knows them, I might ask for an introduction. That way, you know, if it comes from someone they already know and trust, it's, it's a little more natural, easier to kind of get your foot in the door. You know, I mentioned networking is a skill. So you need to practice, you know, having a little elevator speech about yourself. If somebody asks you, you know, hey, what do you do? What, are, you know, what are you into? You, you know, you've got, A quick 30 second reader's digest version of what you want to say. And if you have that ready, you're not fumbling over your words. It makes it feel a little easier to deliver that, particularly if there's an ask, you know, that you can get to that and and describe, you know, when we were presenting the case for partnership for women, you know, how do we talk about that quickly to get interest? And then if they're interested, we can dive deeper. You know, we've done some networking practice classes, you know, have business cards. Here's some. Go to talking points, either something that's current in the news and hopefully non-controversial, you know, something about their family or their kids. And then, you know, if you sneak away to the bathroom, make a couple of notes on that business card. So that way the next time you meet that person, you know, you can bring one of those things up and they'll feel, you know, Hey, they remembered me. You know, they cared enough to listen to what I was talking about. The other thing that I, I try to do, you know, is just ask people to tell you about themselves. People like to share their experiences and talk about themselves. And if you don't know what to say, let them talk.
0: Oh, I like that. <laughs> I also like the business card trick.
1: Yeah. yeah we have a, a little uh, networking tips and trick card that we produce that's the size of a business card. So you can just keep it in your wallet and kind of take a look for some tips right before you go to an event, you know, or practice with your friends um, or, or your coworkers just to help yourself feel a little more natural in that situation.
0: So would you say networking came naturally to you or it's a <laughs> skill you kind of developed?
1: It's a skill. I... You know, for the people that know me now that I, I don't shut up anymore, <laughs> I have been shy and awkward my entire life. But I've I've learned to develop that, you know, to be a little more natural and maybe not bring up my weirdest personality trait at the first time <laughs> that I meet somebody. Yeah, I think it, it just it becomes easier, you know, and as, as you spend more time in your role and you become more confident, you know, and in, in that, you know, that you really do know your stuff, it becomes easier. Um, you don't have to be so rehearsed or rigid you know, and the other thing is to realize the person on the other side of the conversation is probably feeling a lot of the same things too.
0: That's very true. Very true. I like that you said about not bringing up maybe the strangest (laughs) facts about yourself, but like in the spirit of that, how important do you think it is being your most authentic self work at networking events? I think it's great. It's not something I did initially.
1: You know, I think a lot of women, particularly in male dominated industries feel like they need to come in and Act like one of the guys, uh, talk a certain way, or behave a certain way, and I'm, I'm certainly guilty of that early in my career as well. Something I, you know, just realized as again got more comfortable in my own life and my own personality. You know, as those things that are, are true to you are, are a lot more interesting, and you, you know, you speak about those things differently when it's things you really care about. You know, you actually let your passions kind of shine through. For me, and I, you know, I didn't realize this until later, but you know, as I was interviewing for the role I'm in my resume is a little bit weird for somebody in the construction industry. You know, I'm, I'm a bit of a, a language nerd. I like to, you know, I speak multiple languages. I had my music degree on there, just just kind of some different things. And you know, that my previous boss told me at one point, he goes, I wasn't really sure about you, but your resume was so weird. I wanted to ask questions. And so that little quirk got me the interview for the career that I'm in. So, you know, like I said, I, I don't go for the super weird right off the bat until maybe I know you. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm a little weird. But, you know, just to have some personality and to be authentic and, and then you feel more natural because, you know, when you're pretending or you're or you're trying to fit what you think they want you to be, people can suss out when you're being phony and that relationship's going to stay really surface level in terms of depth. So, you know, bringing a little bit of yourself and being true to who you are will help you form more genuine connections. It makes you more relatable. The people that eventually, you know, would report to you, you know, will feel more empowered to be who they truly are. And I think you start to see the value of having those different personalities and experiences and and cultures show up in your workplace because you guys get to know different perspectives. Again, getting back to that diverse ideas and better business outcomes, you know, you'll be challenged in ways you might not have thought of before. So long winded, but I, I think it's really important to really try to be true to who you are.
0: No, absolutely. I thought that was great. What are some potential barriers our listeners might face when it comes to being their authentic selves at work? You know, I think I think sometimes, you know, you have to have kind of a pulse on what's appropriate. You know, if if
1: some of your hobbies are a little PG-13, maybe that's not the place to bring them bring them to work, but you know, you can as you get to know people, you find out where you can. You know, understanding kind of the cultural norms at your place of business and Again, where you can push the envelope and where you cannot, Um, if you have a fairly homogenous group of people that, you know, have not experienced anybody that's very different coming in, you might face some challenges there. And recognizing what might be just an unconscious bias that people have, or what may be, you know, an issue that, that needs to be addressed differently. But like I said, I think, you know, as you have those real relationships in place, you're going to understand where you fit in and, you know, who who you can trust and how you can kind of get started showing yourself a little bit more at a time.
0: So you mentioned, um, you know, you have a music degree, you speak multiple languages. Has that helped you in your engineering career at all? Yeah,
1: I've always had a fairly analytical perspective on music. Less in the composition style, but more like I like to take it apart and understand it and look at the theory, kind of the mathematical approach. And I think it's the same same parts of my brain that you know that like the math and the engineering and kind of problem solving and understanding. And the language I think goes really well with the music side. You know, I, I grew up on the border um, in, in El Paso, and so you know, speaking Spanish was pretty essential. So I, I had early exposure to multiple languages. And the way that I found I learned them best was just listening. So watching TV, listening to music, you know, learning, learning to pronounce words that way. And so I developed those skills, learning to play music by ear and then learning to listen to other languages as a pretty small child. And I think that's benefited me. It's made it very easy for me to pick them up quickly as an adult. You can probably put most instruments in my hand and I can at least make a noise that doesn't sound terrible. <laughs> You know but it's it's kind of just that analytical approach. I kind of see them all in the in the same sphere, and that's been you know helpful to me and on top of that, it's just kind of a fun outlet that I enjoy doing that when i'm when I'm outside of work. It just kind of opens some doors and particularly in the construction industry, you know being able to speak Spanish has been absolutely critical so i you know I encourage anybody that has the the time and capacity to do so to find something like that that keeps your mind sharp but that you enjoy
0: that's awesome and I think. It definitely transfers skills in a way, even, you know, just the way you think about things. I think that's awesome.
1: Yeah, I've always been kind of surprised to find out how many, you know, fellow engineers or technical professionals that I know have a side hobby playing an instrument or playing a band, you know, enjoy that kind of thing. So I think there's there's more there than meets the eye.
0: Oh, absolutely. I agree. So you get to be able to kind of bring that part of yourself to work. How can others be more of themselves at work and not mask certain parts of themselves or hobbies and just allow for better relationships with their colleagues and supervisors and even clients? You know,
1: start by bringing it up. You know, when when you ask other people what they do, you know, and you find something that you kind of, you know, align with, hey, oh, yeah, you play the piano. Did... I took violin lessons in school and you start with something small. And just keep that conversation going. And then, you know, maybe you, you, as your relationship deepens, you can say, Hey, I, I saw this, um, artist is coming into town. Would, you know, would you like to maybe go with me or, you know, just, just ways to get out around, you know, just the pure business talk or sales pitch all the time, you know, Hey, I genuinely think, you know, we enjoy some of the same things. Let's, let's go do something, you know, with your teams at work, taking turns exposing each other to, to things that you enjoy. Whether that's you know taking turns picking a different restaurant, or you go go somewhere fun for a happy hour, or golf outing, or whatever those things are, and you know you're not going to have 100 percent success that everybody enjoys all the same things, but I think you know those those things that people are passionate about make you interesting, and you talk and you open up about those things, it's going to build your relationship a lot better.
0: So like I said, just you know start small, introduce it, and you know see if it sticks. Would you say being able to bring your authentic self is a strength? Absolutely.
1: You know, it's like I said, it just helps foster better connections. You know, if you've got that relationship in place when there's a conflict or a disagreement, you know, you've got some common ground that you've already established. It makes solving that, whatever that challenging issue is, a little bit easier. Or if you need to, hey, let's set that aside and, and go back to what we already connect on, you've got a little stable ground to start with.
0: So, how would you figure out your other strengths and weaknesses? And to follow that up, when you do identify those weaknesses, how do you begin to strengthen those skills?
1: I think as as you you know evolve in your career, you're you're going to start to figure out where you feel the most knowledgeable. What are the things you find yourself constantly teaching to others or being asked to help people with? If you're not sure, you know you can ask your your teammates or your supervisors um, for some feedback. Hey, you know where do you feel like I fit in most? Where am I helping? Where do you think I could improve? If you're you know honestly open to hearing that feedback, um, sometimes it's hard to hear you know we there's obviously every organization is different but you know could you get a 360 degree evaluation done where you know people who work with you in different capacities really weigh in very honestly about what you're doing and maybe that it can be eye opening you can also look you know to some of your industry peers some of these resource groups i like to provide opportunities through partnership for women to people to practice some of the stuff they they struggle with public speaking is one we hear all the time that makes people nervous. So, hey, why don't you come and present on a topic or take us on a job site walk to a small, friendly audience? It's easier to do that you know, with folks that you know. And then maybe as, as you get more comfortable, then you open that up to external clients or bigger audiences. As far as how do you get better? You know, Again, use your network. There's always continuing ed- education options, whether you can take some more courses you know for me right now i'm particularly focused on design build type projects i haven't done tons of that but we know that there's opportunities coming out and that's that's becoming more popular so i'm i'm doing my best to take some extra courses do a little extra study you know and talk to people that have experience in that space that you know maybe they can give me their best tips and tricks or hey what did you royally screw up what would you do differently you know help help me avoid some of the the landmines that you might have already stepped on, and then I hope to pay that forward for somebody, you know, on the things that I I know a little more about.
0: Absolutely. How would you prepare for an interview or promotion discussion to ensure that your value is being recognized?
1: I like this one. So it's easy to lose track sometimes, especially just in kind of your day to day grind of um, your accomplishments. So I read somewhere, and and I wish I could give credit to whoever I stole this idea from, but I just keep, you know, kind of with my my resume or CV file, I keep a list of of small victories so that, you know, if I'm having a rough season or a rough day and I need to revisit that and go back, you know what I actually have made some progress or here's some of the good things I've accomplished. I can refresh those quickly and if I write them down when I'm happy about it or I'm celebrating, then the, they get in there and then I use those, you know, if I need to prepare for like you said an interview, a project interview, if I'm going to ask for You know something. Here's here's my justification. You know I've I've done this this and this. I've contributed in these various ways, and these are the reasons I think that you know I should have an adjustment to my compensation, or that I should be able to attend this event. That way, you don't get you know just bogged down in your day to day and forget that there. You know sometimes the progress is smaller or more incremental rather than just big milestones that make it onto your resume.
0: I like that you mentioned if you're having a bad day to maybe (laughs) refer to it sometimes we need that little pick me up yeah just something to to get you out of the out of the mood you know employee resource
1: groups and managing change and diversity and stuff is one of those things like sometimes you know people don't see the progress if you just you know hey let me look at the last 6 months but if you go back and you look at the way the numbers have changed over 5 years 10 years 15 years and you kind of take a bigger picture look you're like you know what actually you know there there has been significant improvement in you know, hey, look at the number of promotions we're seeing or the number of women in leadership programs, or you know whatever the metric you're you're looking at is, so sometimes having that that tunnel vision, you need to just step back and look at all of those things. So I like to have those, and, like you said, it just helps you get out of a funk sometimes.
0: yeah, absolutely. well, thank you. Do you have any last minute thoughts or any advice you want to give our listeners?
1: Like I said, you know, I think we've had good conversations about, you know, being your authentic self and, and how important relationships are. You know, I know you were looking for maybe a recommendation on on some of my my favorite reads or that kind of stuff. I think if I had to pick one, one of my favorite authors, speakers is Brene Brown. I love everything that she does. But something that was always really impactful to me was kind of her concept of, of clear as kind, you know, giving tough feedback sometimes is not fun or it's really scary to do that sometimes. And so when I looked at it from the perspective that holding that stuff in is not being kind to somebody, you know, I mean, if you had walking down, having a conversation and you had something on your nose and nobody told you, you would, you know, and you, you realize you'd been talking to your friend all day and nobody said anything, you'd be kind of mad at them. Right. You know, and if, if I was being a jerk in a meeting and nobody said anything to me and somehow I lacked the self-awareness to... You know, I I would want somebody that I trust to say that to me, even if it hurts a little bit. And so it's better to be clear with people about your expectations, your boundaries, your feedback, that kind of thing, you know, because hiding that or obscuring something that might help them in the future is not really kind to that person. You're wasting their time or you're blowing smoke up, you know, that kind of thing. So that's been my biggest thing that I took away from her. But she's got, you know, books, podcasts, videos, interviews she does all the time. I think she's fantastic.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you, Colleen.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: All right. And thank you everyone for listening to this episode of the Empower Space podcast by Elevate Her. We'll see you next time. Well, thanks again for listening to this episode of the limited series Empower Space by Elevate Her. Follow us to listen to the next podcast and stay tuned for our next great episode coming soon, available on every major podcasting platform. Thanks again for listening.